0: Ha <laughs> Once again, it's the uh, Pretty Good Podcast by CrabbyCurious.com, created by Robert Rixman, who's only been on like one podcast, but shout out to Rob out there. Today, we're going to be talking about Joker, the film, not the Joker, just Joker. And I have a special guest making his debut, uh, one of the top five roommates I ever had and top five guy. If you're in Louisville, he's like a celebrity. Welcome, Ilya. What's up, man?
1: what up man uh feels great to be here i've never been on a podcast and i've always wanted to like be a guest on a podcast not start one everybody always wants to start one but i just want to be a guest so this is like a dream come true i appreciate it
0: okay that's sort of like my goal in life is uh with all my friends getting married i never want to be like one of the groomsmen or best best men i just want to be invited to the bachelor party like i want to be that close of a friend but not that close up a friend. So it's kind of the same thing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty much the same. And I completely feel you on that. You know, like uh, I don't mind it when I'm groomsman. I appreciate it when I've I've been a groomsman. But, you know, yeah, the bachelor party is most the you know, most important to me for
0: sure. Okay, yeah, we got our priorities figured out. Um, So like I said today, we're going to be talking about Joker um, DC film. DC's had a pretty strong run. I know everyone hates DC compared to Marvel because of the MCU. But before we get started getting into the meat and potatoes about the actual film, when you first heard about it, um, you first heard there's going to be a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro. What were were the first thoughts that came to your mind? What were your very first impressions
1: Oh no! I uh, I completely was excited for it. I was very. Po- I had a very positive outlook on it. Uh, am I allowed to curse on here? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there's no. It's it's impossible to fuck it up when you have Joaquin Phoenix because he's already fucked up. You know he. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like every every role he's been in, I forget uh, her. I mean, he plays characters that are messed up all the time, like that and uh, i i would think if you look at the current actors around he's probably one of the top five choices i would have to be the joker you know they messed up with jim carrey making him the riddler too soon uh he would have been a great joker but uh there were there would have been a few others but i think joaquin phoenix um when i first heard that he was going to do the joker i was pretty excited i knew that they couldn't do a bad job of it and back to your point about dc versus marvel Like, I used to be a big Marvel hater, and I I still like seeing the movies, but the movies are fun, and they're not, Mm -hmm. there's nothing deep about them. That's my thing. It's always the same kind of story, and it's always some boring CGI character, even though Justice League had a CGI character, too. I just like it, I just like DC because it's darker, like, it's more real, and and in Marvel it's like, oh, the poor, you know, the poor people are the bad guys, the rich people are the good guys, even though... You know in dc that's like that too sometimes but in dc you kind of you kind of feel for the villain a little bit more you you mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's just my thoughts on it
0: yeah i like both but I, I definitely agree with what you say a lot of people just hate dc but i do like that it it's darker and grittier that's kind of my thing like you need real stakes new characters to be killed um just instead of to drive on the point you know a lot of things with comic books mm-hmm any time a major villain or major hero dies, you can't really buy it. You know they're going to come back. Um, Like the, the Superman movie that came out, a lot of people didn't like it. I don't really like Superman, but that take on it, like a darker... Kind of world where he had to kill General Zod at the end. I, I really dug that. So, a lot of people, when they think of the Joker on live action, they'll always think back to Heath Ledger and he did a great job. So, do you, was that kind of some kind of mental block for you or did you have like Jared Leto <laughs> in your mind or were you just completely like, like you said, I'm just going to give Joaquin Phoenix a chance because he's had a messed up past. I just learned recently, like, he grew up in a, well, his parents, when he was really young, they were in like some kind of religious cult. yeah Yeah. but they got out so yeah and then his brother died and yeah so yes what was?
1: but well i uh you know i used to be my my thought process has changed a little bit in my 30s um Mm -hmm. now i used to like hate everything new you know if they like for instance you know with the new lion king coming out i in the past i would have been like oh dad i don't want them to changed anything about the lion king the lion king's already the lion king and even with music you know i used to say oh there's nobody that's ever going to be as great as tupac and eminem and i would listen to that over and over again but there's only Mm -hmm. so much of the you know after a while there's only so much of the past that you can enjoy and you just become a miserable person if you only like what was in the past so i try to give everything a chance i try to give everything a shot just like with robert pattinson being the batman I'm, i'm down ben affleck he didn't do a good job. You know, I thought he would do a good job, but he didn't do a good job, I thought, in my opinion. Um, he just seemed a little bored out there. Uh, but with, with Heath Ledger, yeah, he was one of the. He was a great character. But when, when I first heard about the movie and first heard it was an origin story, I feel like this character was better with Joaquin Phoenix as the star. If Heath Ledger was still alive, uh, obviously he'd be great in any other uh, Batman movie with Christopher Nolan. But that Joker was different than this Joker. That Joker in The Dark Knight, in The Dark Knight, or just The Dark Knight, he was more of a, uh, you don't know anything about him, he's just a criminal. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just there. Uh, and, and you don't really see a sensitive side to him. You don't really feel sorry for him in any way. You don't feel any sympathy for him. Uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, uh, with this movie, you sh- I, I think the audience, they wanted the audience to have some sympathy For the Joker, and they wanted, and I just think that it would be strange to see Heath Ledger in a role to where, as the Joker that he played in Dark Knight, like how did he become this way? I think it would kind of mess with the character of the Dark Knight. Sometimes we don't need to know.
0: That's true. I like that point. Yeah, when I when I first heard about the movie, I was a little skeptical. I had that uh, holding on to the past, but then, you know, the more I thought about it, like you said, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. He really gets into it. Um, it's probably not his deepest role, but I always liked him as Caesar and uh, Gladiator, uh, yeah. you know, when he's like, he's like trying to hook up with his sister. And, <laughs> am I not How merciful? <laughs> yeah, um, especially. That, <laughs> Uh, the thing with a with the origin story, the joke, you know, when you think of other comic book characters, everyone knows Batman's origin story. Um, his parents get killed in the alley. Spider Man yeah. gets bit by a radioactive spider. And Uncle Ben, Joker. I know some people always think it's he falls into some kind of pool of acid or something and comes out with his bleached skin. But in the comics, there's all sorts of ones. The character himself famously like lies about what happened. He's like, I'd like to think of my origin story as multiple It's ambiguous enough. And I think the uh, director in this movie, uh, he did a good job of that. Um, But I guess, you know, without warning, we can jump into the movie. Um, For people who live under a rock and don't know how these things work, there will be spoilers. So um, if you haven't seen the movie or don't plan on it or don't want anything spoiled that you might've missed, you should. uh, thanks for listening here. Um, I'll get the points for the listen on the stats, but um, yeah, we're gonna get into it. So a brief synopsis that I pulled right from the movie um here it goes forever alone in a crowd failed comedian Arthur fleck seeks connection as he walks the streets of gotham city arthur wears two masks the one he plants for the day job as a clown and the guys he projects in a futile attempt to feel like he's part of the world around him isolated, bullied, and disregarded by society, Fleck begins a slow descent into madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind known as the Joker. So as for the actual story, um, I have a few points we can discuss. The first thing, the pacing of it. What did you think about the pacing of the movie? Did you like it as a slow burn? Did you for some reason think it was too fast? Was it hard to follow? It was two hours, right at two hours, I believe. So what did you think about that?
1: So I think it was a it was a slow burn for me the uh, the way I was seeing it, and it was almost it was almost and I don't even think it's a negative, but it was almost too slow. But I think mm-hmm. the payoff uh, the payoff at the very end was better because of it. Um, it was kind of it was very unique in that in in most similar movies and TV shows, like for instance Breaking Bad, you know you kind of see. You kind of see where it's going, and um, and you see just one moment where that guy becomes, you know, where he turns. With this, mm-hmm. you never really have that moment. It's just It just kind of just builds up, and it keeps on building. He never really goes from uh, good to crazy. He just goes from crazy to more crazy. And I, I like that part of it. I don't think it was too fast at all. I, I, I like how it just jumped right into how shitty his life was. And, uh, it didn't really show when he was a kid, uh, which was great. It just kind of just went right in and you automatically had feelings. When those kids went and stole the sign from him. you automatically <laughs> felt sorry
0: for the guy. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, it was a slow burn, but I think that was the perfect call for it. You can't rush something like this. Uh, this isn't your typical superhero, super villain movie. It was more like a psychological thriller of course there are plenty of easter eggs and like that's my thing since i like this kind of stuff like waiting like oh that's a reference to this comic or that's a reference to that character they planted this seed like there's one at the end that what we'll get into with uh bruce wayne and thomas wayne and martha wayne but uh yeah i think i think the pacing was phenomenal phenomenal the other good thing what did you think about the settings it was like uh late 70s early 80s gotham which is kind of reflective of new york city or chicago uh most of the times did you like the setting for it or
1: yeah yeah it was super dark and super gloomy um, and Gotham is like that, you know. I'm not a comic book. I was never a comic book reader, really. My whole thing was when I moved to uh, moved to America. Batman the cartoon was the first thing I started watching, and that and mm-hmm. wrestling. But uh, but, <laughs> but but so that's that's what I remember, even as a kid. How dark uh, Gotham was, and. Um, and how just helpless everybody around it was, how angry um, all the citizens were. And uh, th- that's just kind of, I thought it was perfect. I thought, I thought if that's, this is before Batman, this is before Batman's coming in and kicking all uh, all the ass everywhere. This is what it was like for Joker growing up. And I couldn't think of a more perfect setting to establish that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and the other movies, you know, Gotham's always there, and it's always, you know, dark, like it's never sunny in Gotham. Dark and brooding, God. but it's just a background. And this one, the setting of Gotham, is almost like a character. In the movie, there's a lot of unrest at the time, and the movie takes place between the haves and have-nots, uh, the rich and poor dynamic, people fed up with the way they're living. Um, also, since it is... I don't know exactly if it's late '70s, early '80s. It's just funny to see people smoking all the time—you know, smoking cigarettes inside on the train, at the uh, psychiatric ward. <laughs> it calls yeah. back to a different time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I almost won the light one up after the movie, not just because everybody was smoking, but because of how how much of a mind just it was. Uh, sorry, I keep cursing, but you know, it, it just just how how I just got so stressed that i needed one but i i enjoyed that part it was very even though it was a fictional town it was even though i didn't grow up in the 70s it looked like what the 70s would have looked like
0: in yeah, New York I think, yeah, i think or, or, the way the way they uh, the way they shot it to uh, the film i guess it's a nod to maybe scorsese or something else that the way the, the movie was shot it's not like it's on a four by three rate. It's obviously HD and everything, but just I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm not a cinematographer or a filmmaker, but it just looked like it was that time period. I don't know if it was some kind of lens or filter. The filter is definitely a millennial thing, but it just sure. it just felt like that too. It really, really drove it home. Um, and of course, you know they have all the attire. This time period, appropriate cars, etc. The story itself, you know, the, the meat of it. Um, I'll say a little bit, and I'll let you get into it. It reminded me a little bit of Have you ever seen Black Swan? No, With no, the, I haven't. Uh, okay, okay. So Black Swan, it's you know Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis. It's about like being the Black Swan in this big, you know, ballerina thing. And there's parts of it where something crazy happens, but you don't know if that really happened or if uh, Natalie Portman imagined it it's just like off the wall joker has some of this and at the very end of the movie you're wondering like what was real what was not uh, notably i really like that uh forget the name of the character but Zazie Beetz you know from Atlanta and she played Domino and Deadpool she lives down the hall from Arthur Arthur lives with his mom shout out and one day he sees her so he stalks her the next day <laughs> stalks her all around town to her job and then she comes to his door. is like, were you following me today? And he was like, uh, yeah. And then she ends up liking that. But later we learned that that might have been all imagined in his head. Um, there's definitely violence in it. Um, eventually his mother, he finds out, okay, Thomas Wayne, who's Batman's dad, is a pretty big character, kind of, you could say, antagonist maybe. Um, Arthur's mom is struggling. She's mentally ill herself. He takes care of her, even though he's probably not in the best mind to do that. Um, For whatever reason, she believes that Thomas Wayne is actually Arthur's dad. So that drives him insane, makes him uh, look for uh, a way to be accepted and loved from a dad he never had. Um, But what what do you think about the plot, like as far as what drives him to snap, um, the other clowns, the bullying, were you feeling it? Or did did you follow what was real, what he was imagining?
1: Yeah, it's for me um, – have you seen Taxi Driver with Robert De Niro? Uh, no,
0: no, I have not. I know that's one of the inspirations for it too, right? Yeah,
1: it, well, I didn't even know that, but it, to, it totally reminded me of that movie just because in that, in that movie, Robert De Niro's character is demented and spoilers, you know, he, you, you don't know what's real and what's not in that one either. You just kind of leave uh, the theater and you're kind of thinking what what exactly just happened um, and which part was real and which was not. And it reminded me a lot of that. The plot I really, really enjoyed. Um, I can relate. I live with my mother, but my mother's a great person. Um, she's not like Arthur's mom, um, (laughs) but you know, the, the thing about how it's looked down upon in society to live with your mother, you know, when that whole crowd was laughing at him for it. Um, not just that part, the, the, um, What's the, the, not the wage gap was a big thing for me. I, I really, I hate to say it, but I really sympathized with a lot of what people were pissed about. And Thomas Wayne to me was a, a villain in the movie. Um, and he, man, it's going to be a hot take Bryson, but
0: uh, uh, he, had
1: it, he had, he had it coming, dude. I'm sorry.
0: Like <laughs> you can't, <laughs> you can't,
1: you know the the thing is you ju- you just can't talk down to these people and treat them like dirt and call them and call them clowns and stuff. And when you've been handed everything that it's ever been given to you, and uh, when whenever he died, I felt terrible for the mother. I felt terrible for Bruce. Love Bruce Wayne, uh, but Thomas Wayne, it's you know he shouldn't have talked all that, <laughs> um, and he should he should have figured how to make life better. For the residents of gotham instead of trying to ridicule them um and then for as far as the other part what other plot points did you ask me
0: about uh i'm just going to touch on the thomas wayne thing so in case you listen to this and want to listen and want to know what happens or whatever so thomas wayne he, he's bruce wayne's dad so obviously he had billions before bruce inherited him um three of his uh I guess what do you call them? Like young yuppies? Is that what they were called or whatever? Um, Three young men, like college age, they're sponsored by whatever Thomas's business is. Um, They pick on Arthur on the train. Arthur has a condition where he laughs uncontrollably. Um, I know, right? But he carries around a card that lets people know that he's not just, like, laughing out loud. He can't help himself. And they make fun of him and pick on him and try to beat him up on the train. Um, A couple scenes earlier, Arthur had been given a gun by one of the other clowns just to protect himself because he got jumped by a bunch of kids. And he shoots and kills all three, and that kind of prompts, like... um, Gotham becoming a character, the setting, people, there's people that are like, oh, these are a bunch of clowns, as Thomas says, and then there's people that are like, well, you know, that's what they get, you can't just make fun of people, and then there's like people protesting in clown masks, because the eyewitness that a clown did it, uh, it it's kind of interesting, uh, did you get, it's gonna sound corny, like nerdy, but I got chills, the scene where um, Arthur, after he learns that. Thomas Wayne might be his dad. He uh, sneaks into Wayne Manor, at least to the gates, and he sees a little kid and he like does a stupid magic trick with flowers. and the kid's Bruce. And it's like the first time the Joker meets Bruce Wayne, neither are Batman or the Joker, it is Arthur and Bruce, young Bruce, he's like maybe five or six. Uh, what did you think about that dynamic? And like you said at the end, Thomas Wayne gets gets his uh, random looter kills him and his wife in an alley you know the famous batman origin story the easter egg uh so what, yeah, what which, did you think yeah what'd you think about some of the side characters basically like the mom and talk about her relationship thomas um the other clowns i, I know the short one the little person was his friend but
1: i uh, with with bruce i did i was assuming it was bruce wayne but i'm thinking is this really going to be bruce wayne and yeah <laughs> i i agree with you i got I, I kind of got chills watching that scene too, but I also got really uncomfortable just the way he was talking to the kid, which made it, it a lot of those scenes may be very uncomfortable, but in a good way. It, it was like mm-hmm. that that's what a movie's supposed to do. It's supposed to get you in the feels, and uh, like the part where he was following the girl, which you mentioned earlier, but also that part where especially he made that kid smile, I, or he made Bruce smile. I was kind of like, oh my god, what is about to happen? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I knew he wasn't going to hurt him because it's future Batman. But uh, that I liked how they used Bruce, and they didn't do it in a cheesy way either. They weren't like, oh, this is this is Batman." Uh, you know, I'm Batman. Uh, they were they introduced him in a very subtle way, and they didn't they didn't signify that he was going to be Batman or anything. They Didn't have a bat flying around the background, just like <laughs> something that some of these movies would do. Well, the little guy. Or I, I'm the little person. That's the correct term, I think. Uh, yep. I love that character. That was the only character that provided a little bit of comic relief, and he was the only good person in the entire movie. I don't think, besides Bruce, I don't think anybody else just had a heart of gold. And that guy did. He was, he was a good person, and um, I, I, I thought I was hoping that Joker wasn't going to kill him, and thank God he didn't. But I, can, can we talk about that? Am I allowed to like, jump to some scenes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, the scene where Joker killed the guy that gave him the gun, and then he couldn't reach to open the door. <laughs> that was that, that was the darkest of darkest comedy I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, I kind of every uh, the audience in the movie theater were just kind of looking at each other and should I laugh or what? Mm-hmm. What should I do? And and I heard an audible aww. You know, so mm-hmm. everybody seemed to like that guy. Uh, who else did you ask about? So you, you asked about Bruce what about, Wayne. Uh,
0: Yeah, what about his Joker's mom and their relationship? What would you think of that whole dynamic?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, man, not a fan of the mom. At first, yeah. I, I felt sorry for her. I said, oh, look at this great guy taking care of his mom. Um, and, you know, she has a mental illness, obviously. She uh, thinks that somebody's going to help. And for for a while there, I felt really sorry for her, and I I knew something bad was going to happen to her. But it it was a good twist because in every superhero movie, the dude's mom dies, and or somebody's parent dies, and then they go to avenge their death. But and then they lose all innocence. But that's what I figured would happen. But I was wrong. His mom turned out to be a terrible person, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't uh, think that the mental illness was an excuse for what she did where she let her boyfriend just destroy this, this guy. So did she deserve to die? Probably not. But, uh, but just like Thomas Wayne, man, I didn't really feel that much sympathy for her when she did because that's just the, the way she went about treating her son. It could have been prevented the way the Joker
0: grew up the way he was. Mm -hmm. It could have all been prevented had she been a good mother. Yeah. I, um, That's the one, watching the movie, that was the one thing I was sure of. Like, uh, he's going to kill her. I don't know why. I'm like, he has to, if you're going to make him a villain. Like, because he was very sympathetic. Like, this poor guy, he just just wants to make people smile. At the very beginning, he gets jumped by a bunch of kids for a sign. He's about to lose his job. So this other clown gives him a gun to protect himself, and he's at a children's hospital, making these kids genuinely laugh, these sick children, and his gun falls out of his jacket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he loses his jaw which was awkward and to the the, the humor you spoke about with uh, when he kills the clown who gave him a gun who sold him out that said he didn't and the little little person's like, oh man I can't get out because he's like I wouldn't kill you And I was like oh he's gonna he's gonna kill him anyway when he opens the door it was tense but it was funny And then uh, the other dark humor like I, I like this kind of stuff I don't agree with it I, I wouldn't say this out loud but when he's on the show at the end um, with Robert de Niro and he's like knock knock. And, you know, who's there? It's the police. Your son got hit by a drunk driver. Like, it was so, <laughs> it, it was so bad. But it was, it, mm-hmm. it made me laugh because it just showed, like, how much of this descent into, more, like you said, more crazy he had gotten. Because at this point, he's full, he's full Joker. He's got the makeup on. Um, he's accepted who he is. He's got his nice tuxedo on. He's on national television. Uh, but that'll lead me into, since he was on Robert De Niro's character show, Mari, basically. I think it was his name. Um, what did you think about De Niro's character as the uh, late night talk show host who sort of um, exposed him based on his bad stand-up? It was uh, Murray Franklin was his name. What do you think about Robert De Niro's Murray Franklin?
1: Man, I, they, you know, Robert De Niro, he's back. You know, he's done some movies like Bad Grandpa or whatever it was. <laughs> Just... Yeah. And, and meet meet the parents three. But this is his bread and butter. is the creepy stuff like this. Or the mob stuff. Um, he. And this time he was on the other side. He wasn't the creepy guy like he was in Taxi Driver. Or that yeah. comedy. Uh, what's it, the f- funniest man on earth. Whatever that movie was. Where he kidnapped the comedian. Um, he he was on the other The receiving end of things. and These scenes I still don't know. And we'll probably get into this later. But I. I've always wanted to say that on a podcast. By the way, we'll probably get into this later. But that <laughs> scene, that those, those those scenes where he's um, where he's with Robert De Niro, I still don't know if they're real or not, or if he just imagined yeah. them. But if they were real, which I'm hoping they were, uh, it was it was the second one at least. I think it at first it was like the mom, except. I really liked this character. I thought this is the only guy who sees Joker. And I predicted that Joker would go on there and talk about how much he loves him or something. And then Robert De Niro and then uh, Murray Franklin would have said, oh man, you know, he would have broken his heart or something. And then he would have killed him that way. I did not, I did, another thing I didn't see coming is, was that scene how he just ki- how he just shot him in the end. But uh, once I,
0: <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm
1: gonna sound like a terrible person on this podcast, but once he killed him, <laughs> Obviously, it was the wrong thing to do, but I didn't feel sympathy for him either. You know, he brings this psycho on his show just to make fun of him in a national audience. It's kind mm-hmm. of, man, I mean, I'm not saying what you did was right, but I don't blame yeah. I don't blame the Joker.
0: It was something, and I mentioned that once he, well, I don't think it was real at all. Once he thought that Thomas Wayne was his dad, he went seeking that hole he had in his whole life is thomas is a paternal figure but we see throughout the whole movie until he actually meets murray um, him watching the show with his mom and him pretending there's some scenes that are obvious aren't real, where he's pretending he's on the show before he goes on it he's practicing like how other guests talk to him waving to the crowd like he saw murray as a paternal figure even though he never met him as he's an aspiring yeah. comedian and a terrible aspiring aspir- aspiring comedian but in his head, his girlfriend was there the whole time laughing at his jokes. And his girlfriend was there when his mom was in the hospital, which we find out that my man was just living in his own world. Um, so I, I like Robert De Niro's character. Um, it's like a, you know, he's a successful comedian, funny talk show host who then when Arthur tries to empathize with them or connect with them, he's like, no, nah, dude, you're crazy. You know, but he did. I guess in today's world, he would have got Arthur all sort He would have went viral, right? That's what you would have said. Yeah. But this was like the 70s for his bad stand-up that they had a recording of. And then he brought him on the show to basically be like, ha, 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 and make fun of him. And then he yeah. blatantly got shot in the head in the middle of his TV show, which I think is real. But we don't know it's real. It's, it's so ambiguous and written so well that um, you really don't know. And... Like I wouldn't say it's the best story ever, but the acting—oh my goodness! Like people have their hot takes when they first saw it weeks ago. Oh, he deserves an Oscar. He deserves a nomination at least. I don't think you could argue that. What do you What do you think?
1: I'll, I'll have a hot take. I got a hot take here. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. So, so I do think he did a great job. I do th- I do think he did a great job playing the Joker. I don't know of any movie I've seen this year where somebody deserves an Oscar over, over him for best mm-hmm. actor. I can't really think of any movie that I've seen this year that deserves it, but I think that playing a crazy person
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, is, not as, is not as hard as other characters.
0: Okay, I, think
1: okay. get, I, I think you get more leeway. Uh, Mm I think, I I think everybody is a little bit crazy and, you know, you can, like I said, no no disrespect to Heath Ledger either. He did a great job, but I think that if I were cast to play a crazy person, I would not sleep for a day or two and Mm -hmm. get in character and just be myself. Um, and yeah. just act crazy because we all act a little bit crazy. So even though he did a great job, and I don't think anybody could have done a better job, I, I if there's somebody that's up for an Oscar, and I'm not a big Oscar guy either, but if there's mm-hmm. somebody up for an Oscar for I'm trying to think of a good movie that came out this year, I can't. really remember, Like mm-hmm. I don't know Sylvester Stallone in Rambo. I haven't seen it, but <laughs> if it, if yeah. it's a character like that, I think it's harder. To play a character like that than to play a crazy person
0: yeah well as someone who's seen uh 22 movies this year so far um i would say the only only person really touching him is Dwayne the rock johnson's portrayal is luke hobbs and hobson (laughs) shaw it's kind of a joke but that movie's actually low-key good just accept it as an action movie and you'll love it (laughs) um off the top of my head i I, I really can't yeah i really can't think because like all the like the Avengers movie, like it was good. But I don't really think one actor stood out. I know some people like Robert Downey Jr. It's just one sad scene when Tony Stark dies. I don't think it was like, it wasn't bad acting. It wasn't anything that got me like in the fields or to, you know, want to research or do my part like this did a little bit. I say that, but I probably won't do any kind of research, but it did like make me think about, you know, high school. Like I never, I was never a bully, but some people that picked on other people, and uh, that'll lead me. Did you buy into any of the controversy about people going to the theater and shooting them up? I know that happened with The Dark Knight, where someone actually, was it Colorado, Aurora, Colorado? Someone uh, shot up a theater at a Dark Knight screening. Where? Yeah. Do you think that was legitimate, or did you think, um, you know, some people say no publicity is bad publicity?
1: No, like, I think the media is is, is just – trying to play on the story as much as they can the um, the the thing about the thing about that is is movies like movies like that I think help people that are in the situation and I don't think it glorified I think it even did a even better job than most movies did is it didn't glorify that type of behavior it showed it showed it as this there's something terribly wrong with this guy and you start you feel maybe you don't feel sorry for the three guys on the subway maybe you don't feel sorry for maybe you don't feel sorry for the clown or the mother but you feel sorry for the little guy though the good guy he didn't kill him but he had to witness a horrific event that's going to affect him for the rest of his life and i think that despite all these assholes out there that um think that the joker is their hero and they have to go commit chaos and and stuff like that i think this movie might have helped them the people that are in a dark place uh they because they're looking at that and maybe my life isn't this bad um Mm. it's just like i'll bring an example you know there were people that were you know with with the louder than life festival you know it brings about the same kind of crowd but people like that you know when they blame stuff on Marilyn Manson, people, Mm -hmm. Marilyn Manson helped people, um, help people cope with their issues. It, it helped them because it's, it's highlighting what they're mad about and they're placing their anger on something else.
0: Yeah. It's like cathartic, right? You could say that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and you can't predict that sort of stuff because these people that do this stuff are, you never know. There's not, not one of them's not like the other it's one of these people's not like the other they're not you can't find a common denominator in all these people's all these sick people's heads that commit these crimes so i think that because i think that the security was great i was very happy there was security uh, but it, it you can't predict that sort of stuff and like for instance another example was in straight out of compton they had police everywhere because they thought that riots were going to break out it was kind of racist <laughs> honestly because <laughs> because the only time the only time a shooting had happened prior was at a was at a Batman movie. So yeah. the fact that they they thought that Traya Compton was going to cause an uproar and with this one I understand it's it's a legitimate concern but uh, people people want to see that movie. They want to see what happens. They're not going to go and ruin it for themselves and for everybody. I guess that's putting it lightly by doing that mm-hmm. by committing violence. So I think the concerns were valid but as far as blaming the directors, blaming Hollywood for glorifying, no, I think that this sort of thing helps people.
0: So, you got security? You say you had security at your theater? I'm kind of jealous. I went out in Shelbyville, and there was no security. I was uh, left to fend for my own. Uh, not that that would have mattered. Um, there's no, no. There's like six people in the theaters. But um, the thing I wanted to say, like, it's a still a superhero movie um or comic book movie the joker he is a dark character he might have been portrayed differently in the 60s in adam west uh tv show or even the cartoon He's a little comical um except for when you know he's like smacking around harley quinn but um he's, he's a dark character one time someone had a gun to him had him dead to rights uh commissioner gordon's wife i believe and so he threw a baby at her so she caught the baby of course You're not going to not catch a baby if someone throws a baby at you and so while she was holding the baby he shot her in the head that's just the kind of character he is he they basically implied in the killing joke comic that he raped Batgirl. you know so um this 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 character's twisted and then Heath Ledger's character even though it was a PG-13 movie he's talking about doing with the Glasgow smile cutting someone's lips at the sides and, you know why so serious he was dark i mean they couldn't show so much he someone's head into a pencil. That was pretty messed up. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I appreciate them being dark like that. It is rated R, so not that it ever stopped anyone underage from getting in, but the, you know, like a parental advisory doesn't really stop anyone from listening to an explicit song, but it is there. Um, people were aware. And, like you said, it, it could help someone going through something. Of course, we're always going to focus on the maybe the one person out of a million people that see it that might do something crazy, but nothing's happened as of yet, knock on wood. But just like you mentioned with music, um, what's, what's the old Eminem song, like uh, The Way I Am? Or he's like, you know, they, they blame it on Marilyn and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely agree with your point. But um, covered the controversy. But questions about the movie. What do you think? So at the end of the movie, he's in a uh, Arkham Asylum, basically, talking to his psychiatrist. And he's like, oh, you wouldn't understand the joke, which is a nod back to the Killing Joke comic. There's a scene in the last panel where him and Batman actually laugh about something. And you can interpret it as uh, it was a joke or Batman actually kills him, like snaps his neck, but they don't really tell you. So the movie, what do you think was real? What do you think wasn't real? What do you think they would do if there was a sequel?
1: Well, uh, can I get back to your previous point just to make one quick point? Yeah. It's it's a hot one. It's another hot one. Uh,
0: Oh, man. Uh,
1: I also think that in America, unlike in Europe, there's a big class warfare between the rich and the poor. In, Mm -hmm. In America, it's really not like that. It's more of the poor versus the poor, poor people blame their problems on other poor people. And when people see the movie, uh, the Joker, where the poor people all revolt and everything against the rich, I don't think that that'll happen in America because I don't think it'll inspire anybody to start a ride or do something crazy because in the, the they don't blame the, the rich for their problems like they do in other countries. So that's, that's another reason I don't think that it's a, Movie that sh- people should worry about. Not that they should blame anybody. You know, just yeah. disclaimer. But to get back and to, to uh, your question,
0: and to well, and say, and to legitimize you, you are you're, you're Russian, so you yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. not just saying you're not just spewing BS. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I've, I've been. My grandfather fought for the Red Army in the revolution, so I, I'm a little biased. Uh, on your question about what was real, what was not. I'll tell you that scene is the only scene I didn't like in the movie was the very last scene. Because Mm -hmm. I wanted... I think the movie should have... I I almost would have been happier if it would have just ended with him standing on top of that ambulance or that car and Mm -hmm. glorifying and everything because I wanted... Because even though it's not... It's loosely based... It's not loosely... It's it's not 100% based on the comics, which I haven't read. I think Mm -hmm. that I wanted All right, the Joker's here and he's here to stay Uh, him being in the mental asylum kind of without showing how he got arrested again kind of implied that it could have all just been in his head Mm -hmm. uh, to me but at the same time it could have just not shown him getting arrested again and he could have been back at the back at the mental asylum and now he's starting again and then um, with that, I think that um, I think what was real and what wasn't real. I what I want to be real. I the, definitely the ambulance scene. Definitely the the scene with where he kills De Niro. The scene, the scenes that weren't real were obviously the girl. That was obvious. And then the uh, scene. The scene when the mental hospital is when he steals the information about his backstory.
0: (laughs) Oh, from (laughs) from Paperboy? Yeah,
1: (laughs) poor guy, just doing his job. He's just an administrative assistant. That was a little bit questionable because because there's not anybody chasing after him. And then it doesn't show him leaving. It just kind of shows him. uh, I I think they might have deleted a scene because I feel like in the trailer, I remember him getting thrown out of somewhere. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong Mm -hmm. about that. Uh, as far as a sequel goes, I would think that they should definitely. I don't think they should make a sequel, but if they do, it should be something in re- something to where what what they were going to do if Heath Ledger was still alive. I don't know if you've heard about this, but mm-hmm. in The Dark Knight Rises, when they break out all the people from Arkham Asylum, they were going to break out the Joker. Yeah, that, that's what would have happened. If- so I think that in a sequel, Joker. It, it, if if I even though I don't think there should be a sequel, I think somebody goes and breaks the Joker out, I think it just continues to show his progression as uh, a top villain. He gets smarter, he reads a lot of books in there, um, he's more confident. And Batman, I don't know if I want Batman in it. Maybe it's tough because this movie's so different. Mm-hmm. But. Maybe, I guess, it wouldn't hurt to have Batman in there and trying to fight him, but more focus on the Joker. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and more, and in a second movie, I would want also kind of like Godfather Part Two, kind of more of a throwback to his childhood when he was a little mm-hmm. kid, what he was going through, maybe. But yeah, like I said, I don't think this movie needs a sequel. But yeah high as Hollywood, they'll probably make one.
0: Yeah, uh, especially if it wins awards, and it, it, I think it had the biggest opening October box office, something like that. So, oh, you wow. know, people like to attach uh, like to attach those big premiere numbers. And as we know, as we watch wrestling, like, oh, it's the biggest SmackDown ever. But I'm uh, the, the, like you, the last scene, kind of like if they would have ended it at the end when you know he's busted out of the cop car. And he's doing his Joker dance on top of the car, which I can't wait for. I don't go clubbing or anything anymore. But um, if I go to a Halloween party, I'm definitely going to bust out the Joker, the Joker dance, whatever the hell he was doing. Um, Yeah. And I'm sure that that costume will be played out. Shout out to you for being the Joker like four years ago. Um, Jared Leto Joker, but the Joker.
1: (laughs) I just bought the, the costume today, actually. Hopefully it'll be here before October 30th, but it's the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. So that'll be me.
0: Okay. Ilya Joker costume connoisseur. Yep. <laughs> but the yeah, the last scene, which makes you wonder if the whole movie was real, which I'd be kind of mad. At the very beginning, he meets with his um what you call it, like a therapist in like a, a government building. And she references the fact that he used to be in like Arkham like hospital, like institutionalized, and now he's out and he has like six or seven pills he has to take a day or more. And that sort of starts his unrest. He's like, oh, this place is closing down anyway. There's no money or funding for people like you. And then at the end, he's back in a place he could have been the whole time imagining it. I was, you know, looking around on some other like reviews and stuff. And someone came up with the notion that maybe the Joker does exist, but it's not Arthur. Maybe he just heard this while he was in Arkham Asylum and it inspired somebody else. But, it, it, you know, if all this did happen, of course, if, if he's in Arkham, then you could meet Harley, Harley Quinn, who's originally Harley and Quinzel, my nerd out on you, his psychiatrist that falls in love with him. And they set up the whole Easter egg with Batman, with uh, his parents getting gunned down before him in the alley, the famous scene. I know they have said that Robert Pattinson's Batman's not going to connect to it, but they, they left it open. And another director of this movie said that he wasn't going to do anything with Batman, but I... I had this discussion on another podcast. We were talking about Batwoman, which debuted last week. Um, she's a great character if you read the comics, but the presence and shadow of Batman's going to loom over her. And I remember telling my buddy Zach before this movie came out, he was like, oh, finally a Joker movie without Batman. I'm like, Batman and Joker, you can't have one without the other. Um, I don't know a good example of what to give. Yes, they hate each other, but. Batman exists because the Joker's there. Joker exists because Batman's there. You know, when one retires in the comic books, Batman stops being a supervillain. Then Joker comes back. He comes out, you know? So, yeah. Um, I'm, but they could do it. If they do a sequel, like you said, just focus on Arthur and his rise. Or you said, like, call back to the Godfather where they do these flashbacks to when he was a kid and all the crazy stuff that happened to him. They only showed, like, a brief clip of the abuse he received and how how his mom was. So, um, I think they'll make a sequel just because it'll make money. Should they? I don't think they should, but I think it'll make one.
1: And it's all up to Joaquin Phoenix too. I mean, he—he's like the type of actor that only picks the movies with the scripts that he likes. So he yeah. might say no if they do something like that, and then they'll cast another Joker. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But with um. I forgot what point I was going to make. I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to do this on a podcast.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: but I think with uh, with with, uh, with the end scene, what did make me think that he might not have been imagining it is when he was in Arkham, he wasn't really murderous. He didn't become murderous until he had the gun. And then the last scene, it clearly shows where he's walking with blood prints on his feet oh yeah
0: he had, you're right yeah
1: yeah that he had killed somebody so i think maybe i think maybe it all it all happened uh so yeah i think that part really signified that I, the blood prince made me forgive that scene a little bit so
0: mm-hmm.
1: i know that yeah sounds- i think
0: and <laughs> you said like the worst person ever <laughs> yeah that's good though we need instead of people agreeing we need that yeah, I forgot about the blood print thing until you just said that. Thanks for reminding me. So, yeah, and I think the the fact that we're discussing what's real, what really happened is kind of the point. So shout out to the director who did that. Uh, let me get to the director's name so I don't disrespect my man. Uh, Todd Phillips, he did The Hangovers. So this is a far cry from The Hangovers. <laughs> um, so <laughs> shout out to him. And since, you know, this is a review podcast and this is sponsored by CrabCurious.com, Once again, shout out Rob. Um, what's your rating? So here, it's out of four crabs. What would you give the movie?
1: <laughs> four? Oh my gosh, uh, Robert, man, you and your crabs. <laughs> uh, I would. Robert just runs everything. He's going to control the world one day. Uh, yeah. I would definitely. I would give it a four for sure. You know, it was. Okay. It, but I will say this. I'll say that I don't know if I'm going to see that movie again, because. Mm-hmm. That was very disturbing, I mean, you know me, I like to go out on friday nights i didn't I did not drink after I, I watched it Friday night, and I just went home and i i couldn't I slept like four or five hours on a Friday man, and I was sober and i you know in in middle school, we had to watch oh my god, I'm gonna get killed for saying this. But we, in middle school, you know, high school, I had to watch so many World War II movies, so many Holocaust mm-hmm. movies. And that mm-hmm. – maybe it's because I'm in, an adult now and I understand it more. Maybe if I watch those movies now again, it'll probably be more disturbing. But this was more disturbing than anything I'd ever seen just because yeah. it went into the – you know, there's disturbing events that happen, but then there's disturbing people. There were several scenes, and I, I'm not a big – big tough guy or anything, but I don't really cover my eyes for anything. I don't get too squeamish. I can watch surgeries, you know, I can, except for pimple popping. Uh, I hate, I don't know how people <laughs> like those videos, but, but, uh, this one, I had to cover my eyes several times and not because it was gruesome or it's cause it was awkward. Like him mm-hmm. following the girl, him killing his mother, um, him going into that, into that, his neighbor's apartment, all of that was just really hard to watch. So even it's four four crabs for sure. It's the king crab for out of movies, but but I don't. I, it's not an enjoyable movie. I don't think it's a movie yeah. that you just you just agree with yourself that it's a good movie. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. movie. But yeah, a you know, for instance, I wouldn't recommend my mother. My mother loves movies, but I would never recommend her to see. It. I don't rec- I watched movies like you know, I watched. Fight Club. When I was a when I was in high school, I thought it was the best movie ever made. I still think it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But I watched it with my grandpa, and it like <laughs> messed with him <it> mentally. <laughs> I felt so bad. Yeah. It. That's how I feel about this movie. So yeah, definitely Four Crabs. Definitely go see it, but don't go see it with your grandpa.
0: Okay, I would give it three and three fourths. I don't know what the perfect movie is. I'm just trying to think about all the movies I've seen this year. Like I said, Flex. I've seen like twenty two. I don't know if that's a flex. That's a lot of money wasted and a lot of slushies. Not good for my diabetes. But uh, yeah, three and three, four. I would, I would recommend it. Like you said, it's definitely awkward moments. Uh, and maybe anxious is a better word. I remember yeah. this is a totally, when I was little, Doug, the Nicktoon, whenever Doug would like get up the courage to try to tell Patty Mayonnaise he liked her, I would to turn the channel. Yeah. I was like, I'm too anxious, man. This is this is too much, man. But I don't, I don't want to see Doug get rejected forever alone shout out to only me October right now um but this is a different kind of awkward and some of the jokes he tells I don't want to ruin them all I said about the, the drunk driver one some of the jokes are so bad that they're awkward and there's awkwardness in the scene too and it's just it's something else and I also want to say his laugh I feel like his laugh could haunt people um because he has like I said he has a condition where he laughs uncontrollably when he's like nervous or awkward situations, and then at the, the I think the last scene the director says his is laugh, and the last scene is his true like he's actually laughing for real, and it's just like, you know, blood curdling. It's kind of you could have a nightmare about it. I don't have nightmares. I'm, I'm a man, but um, I do have nightmares. But it's it, it's something. So uh, ready for another hot takey thing? I'm gonna force out of you. So he gave it the rating. Where would you rank <laughs> it among where, uh, where would you rank it among superhero movies or DC movies where would you rank it like we oh, can even compare it
1: see I I'm not trying to be difficult here but
0: mm-hmm. I don't
1: think you can really compare it to I, I I don't think it, you can really compare it to those movies because it's not yeah. it's not really that kind of movie it, it doesn't really follow the cookie cutter model that those movies have which is a good thing but if I had to with DC man DC's I know you like the DC, and man, I'm sorry, I wanted to love Suicide Squad, and I kept fighting it in my head. But even though Harley Quinn was excellent in that movie, man, when that yeah. Gator said, Y'all got BET, I just couldn't. Yeah. They, and when uh, that girl, when the, um, w- with Kara DeVille and whatever's character started dancing, um, Enchantress, I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't take it. But it was definitely better than Suicide Squad, which isn't hard. Uh, definitely better <laughs> than Batman Superman. I think you could you can compare it to the Batman's for sure, the Christopher Nolan yeah. ones. Um, would, probably my favorite is it's i probably gonna be Dark Knight. Not better than Dark yeah. Knight Rises, sure. Better than Batman Begins. I think it's, uh, man, it's it's up there with Dark Knight as far as better. I I would still give the nod to Dark Knight only because if Dark Knight was on my TV right now, I would watch I would watch the rest yeah. of it joker was
0: on my tv i don't know if i would yeah um yeah i'd agree with that i'd say that yeah dark knight is not only the standard for dc it's still the best superhero movie um better than the avengers um that was grandiose uh, better than black panther Uh, also dc i thought wonder woman was really good like that's like almost a perfect origin story i know rob's gonna hate this but shazam which you know, not as a big of a DC hero for casual fans. That was really good that came out this year. Uh, I think Shazam was like the third best superhero movie I saw this year. Behind, I agree. Behind I, this yeah. and Avengers, it's better than Spider Man. Spider Man was really good. Um, but as far as this one, I'd say it's it's one of the top ten comic book movies of all time. I'd say it's two or three in DC. The Dark Knight's going to take a lot to to beat because. Um, I would say maybe the the acting of Phoenix was maybe better than Heath Ledger, it, but the story of the The Dark Knight, like this constant state of like, is this the end of the movie climax drama? Um, you know, people, pe- important characters dying off. It it, it can't touch that. But I, I would recommend this for anyone. But as you said, don't watch it with your grandpa unless your your grandpa is a special kind of dude. You know, so
1: yeah. <laughs> um shout out to felix r.i.p great guy um but of course robert didn't like shazam though i uh, you know sh- yeah. a lot of people didn't like shazam that i talked to but I, i'm with you i love that movie i thought i loved um it's like DC, dc just made it more realistic you know he went and found his mm-hmm. mom and she had some stupid excuse no his mom yeah, was yeah. Just of- <laughs> yeah spoiler i thought that was uh, the best
0: part i thought that was the best part of it she's like yeah i just left you too yeah <laughs> I've been looking for you all these years
1: <laughs> yeah and she did the right thing because he turned out better but with the Marvel movies though yeah I got uh, like said the good DC movies are way better than the Marvel movies I think you just can't you, I loved Avengers it was a it was a great movie to watch but then I watched it again on the airplane and I'm not gonna lie man it was kind of boring uh, I didn't <laughs> enjoy it I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the first time I'm talking about the last one of course yeah, I, uh-huh. I just, maybe, maybe it's because I was on the plane, but there was, I fell asleep an hour, an hour through it, man, and that, mm-hmm. and I think, I, I, I think Avengers had to pull out, Marvel had to pull out all the big dogs, it had, you know, people from all kinds of different movies that, that were well connected, they pulled out, so they pulled out everything they had in that, and, uh, and it, it was, a, it was a good movie, but yeah, DC didn't have to. DC just made a dark, realistic movie that people can sympathize with, people can relate to. With Avengers, you're more escaping reality mm-hmm. and you're dealing with a lot of CGI. But yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So uh, DC's had a good run. So I, I guess I thought Wonder Woman was excellent. Uh, Justice League, okay, it wasn't everything. It should have been. I still liked it. 'Cause Batman's my favorite superhero. So anything he's in, even if it is Bat Flack, I'm gonna find a way to excuse it in my head. And then Aquaman, it didn't try to be anything. It um I think Liz mentioned this on one of our other podcasts. It played to Jason Momoa's strengths, you know, it made Aquaman cool. You because know? most people get the joke, Oh, he talks to fish, he's lame. But it kinda made uh, this I'll... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it kinda I'll, made him like okay. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, you're fine. I like oh, yeah. see another my, one of my other problems with a lot of these superhero movies is there's always that one cheesy moment that I can never forget and it it makes me it makes me it, it ruins about fifteen percent of the movie for me sometimes more mm-hmm. in in Avengers, it was I am not even, I'm not gonna say what it was in Avengers because I'm gonna catch fire uh, no
0: no, no no it was it was the all women scene like I, I like it okay, it was okay, it yeah. was it was good. It was good, but it was way too contrived to be like um, changing a character's ethnicity just for the sake of it. When there's, I don't know, like that's good, but like they, th- there's a better way to do that. I'm glad it was in there, but like I don't know, you almost felt like you knew it was coming. Like they're on this huge yeah. battlefield, these eight women all end up together for this this one line. Yeah, it, yeah, it, was, it was good uh, in theory, but terrible in execution.
1: Yeah, and and you know, feminism, one hundred percent, I'm in, but it, it's just you know with sorry, Tarant I'm doing all these references by the way, but when Tarantino's kill Bill, all the main characters most of the main characters were women and it was it didn't feel like it was cheesy or forced. It was just a great movie. You know, I love it. I'm I'm all about female superheroes and all and all of that. But the way they did that in Avengers, like all these women that never some of them never even knew each other before, are all of a sudden helping each other. It was kinda mm-hmm. it, it was it was kinda dumb but uh with, with Hopefully I'm not gonna get like fired and you know lose my entire uh, life, because, but um with Aquaman, that's fine. I'll just go into podcasting with Aquaman, <laughs> the cheesy scene, and this one I laughed out loud. my friend Wolf dragon shout out to Wolf dragon, uh, who shout I usually out. watch mo- yeah who I usually watch movies with. We both just busted out laughing when this scene happened in Aquaman. It was when Nicole Kidman and Aquaman's father were staring at each other, and uh, she knew she had to go back in the ocean, and he says, <laughs> uh, and she says to him, in the ocean, there are no tears, and he says something like, well, here on Earth, we feel them. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I, after, after that, it was still, a, I liked the movie, but yeah, that yeah. that scene kind of did for me. With, obviously, with the Joker, there was nothing really at all cheesy about that same with shazam man uh, and mm-hmm. that was weird because it's kids shazando was no cheese so yeah so that was that, that was good
0: like you said yeah the emotional scene in shazam was like a kick in the face which i thought was awesome not yeah. awesome for billy the character but like man <laughs> like all right <laughs> it's like yeah. that mom your mom doesn't want you all right well thanks for coming on the pod i'm glad i could pop your podcast cherry welcome no, um, no problem, so, man. I'm you, glad, to,
1: glad to be here.
0: You're welcome back. Like, any topics you want to discuss? Like, I'd love for someone to actually do a wrestling one with me, you know, considering this is like the best time in wrestling since there's like another legitimate company and we have the fiend who can't win a match. And I'm sure you have some, some hot takes. I have hot takes, but I feel like some of my wrestling fans are too scared to say they're a wrestling fan out loud. I, I wear my wrestling shirts in public. I don't care.